Whiskey and Watches podcast. Over the next few weeks, you'll notice a theme with the episodes, and it's all about vacations. So in this week's episode, we debate the idea of how many watches one should take on a vacation, no matter where it is or what it is. So get ready and sit back, because it's time for another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Welcome to episode 68 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Uh, it's been, I guess it's only been one week. We took a week off inadvertently, but uh, that kind of works because you're going to notice a theme for these next two episodes, episode 68 and 69. We're talking vacations and vacation watches. So on this episode, um, I guess we'll get into it a little bit later, but we're going to talk about taking watches on vacation, kind of how many you should take, this, that, the other. That'll be kind of the theme for this one. But uh, we're going to start out, as we always do, with a drink check and a wrist check. So, Buzzy, what have you got? All right. For my drink this week, I am drinking a Great Lakes Brewing Mexican Lager. This creatively named lager has a hint of lime and a good amount of alcohol, about five and a half percent, which seems a little bit more hearty than than most of those style lagers. Quite nice. I like it. Good alternative to Corona. Uh, the built-in hints of lime are not as good as a fresh lime. Let's let's face it. It's that's not possible, but <laughs> it's much better uh, than not having it. So good, good work, Great Lakes Brewing. Question for you. Sure. If you put a fresh lime in with the hints of lime, would it be too much lime or the appropriate amount of lime? Uh, that's hard to say. I would actually have to try that out. Yeah. Seems like good good homework to do. Yeah. It's always good, easy homework, as Sandy would say. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. There's no vacation on my wrist, though. I am still rocking my Doxa Sub-300T C-Rambler. It is back on the bracelet. And I've got a top tip. If you use standard size spring bars, the bracelet will droop more naturally. Um, The fat spring bars that the Sub-300T comes with the first beads of rice that attach to where the end links are uh, protrude out and they just do not articulate at all. But when you put a standard size spring bar in, they articulate just a little uh, and it droops a lot more naturally. Uh, and it does that without making the end links all that rattly. I mean, yes, they can move a little, but it's not noticeable uh, during wear. I did not invent this. This was uh, a piece of wisdom passed down through the ages on the Doxa Owners Facebook group. Um, But really, it's a nice, easy change. It's a lot easier than, um, you know, filing off uh, parts of the the first uh, beads of rice. So quite like it. Uh, the interesting thing, though, uh, it was on the Cincy Strapco elastic uh, strap for quite a while. So it did take a little vacation from that recently. And I came to this startling moment of truth. This, the bracelet is very good, but I don't consider it very great, actually. Hmm. Um, the first hmm. time this has ever happened, 
when I put the bracelet back on the watch, I actually longed for that elastic strap for just a few minutes. Uh, the difference in weight was really stark, and I I don't dislike heavy watches. I quite prefer them, but uh, it felt very heavy on the wrist comparatively, and that was the first time um, that I ever had felt that way when when switching back to a bracelet. Um, so not the outcome that I would have thought, but I am quite enjoying it. Um. Yeah, Buzz, I'll, I'll agree with you. Those docks of bracelets are definitely not uh, dainty in any stretch of the imagination. They are uh, they're thick boys. Yes, and the 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 three hundred T is a bit thicker than the three hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, yep. Which it works, and that actually keeps it proportional to the case because the the case on the 300 is just a little bit um, less voluminous uh, <laughs> than the Perfect. 300t but uh-huh. but yeah I I got used to it fairly quickly but that, that just was such a surprise that is the the first time I've ever felt that way and I just wanted to share it with with everyone share it with my support system it's okay to feel these feelings, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Buzz, you know we're always here for you. So yeah, I do. I do. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. It makes me sleep better at night. <laughs> Everyone listening, this is a safe zone. So if anybody has any uh, concerns or questions, we're here for you. Don't worry. That's all right. We've not done a Q&A episode yet. Maybe we will at some point. I just feel like no one's going to ask us anything. Well, <laughs> I feel like our eight listeners know us pretty well. That's very true. That's very I mean, yes. two of them are related uh, to us. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Spangler, what have you got? Well, uh, for the drink tonight, I decided to treat myself a couple days ago and head up to uh, Urban Artifact to get one of their new releases. And it's called Gyroscope, and it's a Midwest raspberry fruit tart. Oh. Um Coming in a little bit more heavy alcohol volume uh, than Buzz's at a lush 7.4. Tart is the best way to describe it because, good lord, is it a... (laughs) It tastes like a Jolly Rancher in your mouth, but not a good kind. Like a Jolly Rancher mixed with the Sour Patch Kid or um, a Warhead. That's that's what I was thinking of here. Ooh, a Warhead. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a raspberry warhead. That's that's the best way to describe it. Um, Middle school call. I'm a big fan of Urban Artifact. <laughs> Middle school call. The ones it's drink back. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can drink regular beers too, guys. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm a big fan of Urban Artifact, but this one may may not be uh, one for me, unfortunately. But still good. I'm not going to complain. I like Urban Artifact. They're my favorite. One of my favorites. And on the wrist, I guess I am taking it a bit of a vacation. Incredibly cool. What? <laughs> incredibly cool. I, what just, are you about, I had to cut in there. Urban Artifact, the brewery itself is very slick. Gotta, mm-hmm. oh, it's gotta fantastic. love just yeah. go hang out in a basement. <laughs> basement of a church. Plus, their outdoor area is like pretty cool. You know, there's some more tables out there. Yeah, last time 
we were there. Uh, didn't have the outdoor area. That's a new new thing. It was also pouring down rain. We all had umbrellas, and wasn't it like? Wasn't it still semi winter? Wasn't it like February? No, um, I thought that it was in the fall. It's in. It was in the fall. Oh, it was. was it would have been like September, October. It was yeah. before Thanksgiving, so it was chillier ish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Sorry it's a good spot. That. Sorry about the derail. <laughs> no, no, no derail. Let's be honest here. Um, but for anybody in Cincinnati, definitely check out Urban Artifact. But on the wrist, I guess I am taking a bit of a vacation from the the norm. I've been wearing my Black Bay Fifty Eight for most uh, of the weeks, I guess. Ever since I got back from my Louisiana excursion, it's been on my wrist most of the time. It's been on the. I've I've had it on uh, a leather strap because here in Cincinnati, it just has decided it doesn't want to be spring. So I can just keep it on the leather strap for a little bit longer. And I'm okay with that. Um, but tonight I, I'm wearing my, my Speedmaster because I missed it. And, you know, it was just sitting there staring at me longingly to wear it. So I obliged and decided to uh, strap it on. There you go. Yep. Sweet. That's what I got. So speaking of alcohol content, um, I can one up both of you. Um, I am actually doing a little bit of homework myself. We alluded to this on a couple of other episodes of the podcast, uh, but I am actually drinking uh, Glen Levet Caribbean Reserve, single malt, uh, a bunch of ice, and some ginger beer. Nice. I don't know exactly what this cocktail is called, but we saw our, our buddy Sandy mix this on Instagram. Uh, and some of his videos he's been putting out, like just the little clips of him in the tasting room are absolutely fantastic. Um, all those little blue glasses and how quick he like moves. Like, it's unbelievable. Like you could tell guy knows what he's doing. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'm doing a little bit of homework and uh, I'm actually almost done with this one. And I mix these fairly strong, probably about 50, 50. Uh, the ginger beer doesn't have any alcohol, but uh, 40, 40% in the uh, Glen Levet makes this about 20%. So if I'm doing the math right, uh, I might be. Um, the, the one, yeah. the one side effect though, even though ginger beer doesn't have any alcohol, you do have to watch out for it because if you consume enough of it, you might feel like you're in a Harry Potter movie or something. That's entirely possible, but I'll show you the can that I've got, and it's not very big, and I can get two <laughs> of those cocktails out of the seven and a half ounce can. So uh, we're doing pretty good. Good work. Um, yeah, doing work. Um, and then on the wrist, uh, also kind of speaking of our, our buddy, Sandy, he has one of these, I've got the SRQ 029 on, uh, just cause it's Seiko Sunday and I hadn't worn it in a bit. Um, I was out of town when I took the El Primero with me. So I wore that for like three days. So I had to catch up on all the other watches. Um, and this one could be a decent watch to take on vacation. Cause it's got a hundred meters of water resistance, but I don't know. I tend to go more divers when I go like on a trip, like the chronograph function just isn't something that I would use on a, like a true type of vacation. Now a road trip is different and we might get into that a little bit in this episode, but a road trip might be different because obviously you might want to make, you want to, might want to know what time you're making. So we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but (laughs) first, but first fresh form finds. I think we each have one for this episode and I'll just go ahead and uh, I'll go first. Uh, We're talking vacation watches, you know, different functionalities, you know, maybe some bezel action, maybe some different stuff. 
Um, let me find it here. Mine is on Watch Recon, which means it's probably on a forum. It is. It is on a. It's on Watch You Seek. Uh, this guy's got like almost fifty two hundred posts. Um, he's out in Denver, Colorado, and I have a nearest Santiago dive watch, <laughs> fresh form find. Huh. Whoa! Uh, Twelve hour bezel blue. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I uh, honestly, like you know, Zach did a pretty good, Zach did a really good job with this watch. I actually got to handle it at our Red Bar meetup a couple weeks ago and uh, came away pretty impressed. Um, and uh, yeah, it's on, it's on here uh, for essentially, I think. I don't remember what the pre-order was, but it might be a little bit north of the pre-order, but south of what you'd buy it for after the pre-order. It's, he's got it for 500 bucks. It's a nice watch, good Miyota movement, plenty of water resistance, nice blue dial, a lot of loom, full kit uh, with the watch roll, the strap, all the links, just everything. Um, you know, that's a nice uh, nice little travel watch to take. It's got a great look, slides under a cuff, uh, nice and easy. We'll, we'll talk about why that might be a good travel watch here later. But uh yeah. Nearest Santiago diver. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, I have to. I have to. <laughs> Zach, you're welcome. <laughs> wow. Well, I guess I can go next here because uh, I've got a kind of a, a fruity one. But, um, you know, it's summer. And since we're doing a vacation themed episode, I've uh, I was kind of thinking, what is a good looking summer watch with a little bit of flair to it that people can have that also comes with probably you know you know maybe in my opinion and also last week's guests' opinion as well um, on a jubilee, uh, but I've got a Zodiac Seawolf watermelon, which Ooh. if any of you all have ever seen these Zodiacs, they are incredibly fun watches. Uh, they've thrown some vibrant colors and obviously uh put a good bracelet on it so this one's coming in at 1100 i want to say and it's on reddit um so yeah definitely check it out they're definitely fun summer watches cool all right yeah i'm gonna keep up i'm gonna keep the vacation theme going the vacation energy okay when you're on vacation you want to get away Maybe you want to go somewhere really far away, somewhere in the past, perhaps. I mean, L.P. Hartley noted that the past is a foreign country. They do things differently there. Maybe you do want to go to an actual foreign country, not just a metaphorical one. Uh, total aside, given my druthers, uh, if I could go somewhere in the past, we're talking like mid-Roman Republic, but with modern sanitation and antibiotics. <laughs> this watch, that exists. This watch won't take you there, though. But for $2,600, <laughs> you can purchase an Omega Seamaster Aquaterra engraved with the United States Olympic tw- Team 2016. So this is for the Rio 2016 Olympics. It's not the, like... LE one with like the crazy gauche dials because uh, Omega, you really need to tone down some of your LEs. Just saying. <laughs> um, this one apparently, or so the uh, seller claims, was for 
um, you know, uh, people on the Olympic team. So this is a quartz uh, one. It has uh, it's a black dial. And it's the older. It's the vertical stripe dial, right? So the date's at three o'clock. So it's like one generation old of the uh, current one. But twenty six hundred bucks. You've got that sweet badass hippocampus uh, on the the case back, and then just a, a fairly subtle engraving around the outer diameter of the case back with the Olympic team. That's, that's the only thing on the watch that says that it's any different than a normal um, Aquaterra. And it's got a pretty slick uh, presentation box that has like the Rio 2016 logo on it. 2600 bucks. Uh, this is on the uh, Reddit watch exchange. I think it's it's pretty uh, pretty cool. It's in very good shape. Also, the the pictures look really clean. Um, so kind of interesting. Got a, got a question for you. So those are twenty sixteen yeah. Olympics. Yeah. So it's who makes the Aquaterra again? Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't Casino Royale come out in two thousand and six? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I wish I had the buzzer ready to go here. <laughs> okay. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe Omega. Just throwing that out there. Maybe Omega. Oh wait, wait. Oh oh no oh keep oh, keep talking oh, everyone keep talking. Keep talking. Keep talking. Omega Omega. <laughs> Oh, there it is. <laughs> you see, that's that's not a buzzer that uh, I should be ashamed of. You just turned on the instant rap air horn. That's to show that the party is <laughs> starting, right? That's to get excited. Yeah, the party is starting. Right? We're all having okay, a great, let's great, be great real. Here, right? All he does is buzz. <laughs> Pretty much. Damn. <laughs> Damn. He just goes by that. <laughs> Uh, had had to be done had to be done so (laughs) it did it did it did (sighs) I'm pretty sure it did Mm. (laughs) yeah yeah it did it did anyway so uh, main topic uh, continuing our theme we have talked a little bit about, you know, I, I think Buzzy and I are both going on vacation here in a little bit. Uh, things seem to be opening up. Everybody seems to be vaccinated. Not everybody, but we're all doing a good job of that. So it's time to do a little bit of traveling um, or at least think about it. So we figured for this episode, we would talk about travel and watches and what the ideal number of watches is to take on a true vacation. And we'll talk about that a little bit as we get into it. Uh, because there are different scenarios on like where you're going. Like this is this is a whole ball of wax on you know where you're going, what you're doing, you know how long you're going to be there, what how many time zones are you crossing, this, that, and the other. So um, I don't think we're going to really lay any ground rules. We're just going to kind of have this out for the rest of this episode and just kind of see if we can settle on a number um, with with or without any caveats. Um, so I guess. 
do you guys define like how do you guys define a vacation? If like we're talking about a, a, a true vacation, we're not talking about like a road trip. Well, number one, you know, vacation is not uh, going to have any sort of of business um, as anything more than incidental to to the trip. You, you could have a, a vacation if you are going somewhere for work and stay over before and after. I guess I, you could call that a, a vacation. Um, but can't can't involve actual work. Mm-hmm. Um, going back home to see families, typically not vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, funerals typically aren't vacation. I've you know, even though the last time I took a trip, it was for a funeral. Next time I'm taking a trip's for a funeral. Um, but those those really aren't vacation. Um, but, I mean, you know, okay, you could do beaches or go to Disney. You can also go uh, climbing mountains and hiking. So mm-hmm. the... the there's a ton of different activities. You can't really, can't really call it a vacation or not based on the activities. This is true. Which presents the big problem for watches and what watch. Well, and I, I guess take. that's kind of true. Cause I'm thinking if you're going on a camping trip or backpack, I mean, I guess you could fly to said location, but depending on the amount of gear you have to bring, maybe a road trip makes more sense. I don't know. We can get into that. Uh, so I, I, I'm picking up, I'm picking up that you have like a heuristic that it, it requires an airplane to go on vacation. Because to me, road trip uh, is a trip that really it's the driving that's the main part of it, not the destination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I but I mean, you could say that is a vacation, but I think depending on. I think depending on the mode of transportation, it, it, it may or may not have an effect on my answer. Well, yeah, that, that will have an impact on how many watches or which watches to, to bring. That's true. I, I, so I take that back. It may have an impact on which watch. It may not have an. It may actually not have an impact on the number. Yeah. I, I, which is interesting. Ultimately, I have a pretty good clue of what number you're thinking of. And I think it's the same. that. I'm well, yeah, of. we might've talked about it before. Uh, well, and that's the, Evan, why don't you go answer? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? So, so like taking, taking watches on vacation. So not back to Louisiana for school, not back to uh-huh. <laughs> what, like not a road trip where the, yeah, like fuzzy said, like now if you're driving and you can get there in like a day or two and then you're staying in one location for like three to five nights and then driving back to me, that's less of a road trip and more of just a driving vacation. So mm-hmm. we'll go with, well, that. to me, you know, regardless of where you go, whether it's, you know, you get there by driving, flying, you go to the coast, you go to like an inland type vacation. You know, I, I was thinking about this earlier and I'm like, you know, just for me, I always like to have at least a few watches. One, go everything, do everywhere, or do everything, go everywhere, watch, Lord. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it must with really me. be and, sour. 
<laughs> it's very sour. Now let me tell you, already already getting to me here. Um, and then one good dress watch for what I like to go do because I like to go out, go to eat, you know, check out some you know nice or places. Uh, and so it's always good to have one of those. But then I'm thinking about it, and you know, you're on vacation, um, so why not just have why why stick to the normal? Oh, you need a sport watch to go to the beach. Oh, you need a dress watch to go eat. You're on vacation. Screw it. You can do what you want to do. So just have the one sport watch. The one go everywhere, do everything sport watch. So that took me down to one. And then I thought to myself, hmm, well, if I'm also on vacation, I'm probably going to be like enjoying a few libations along the way, regardless of where I go to. So mix it in with what have you. That's probably what I'm going to be doing. Most and places so, have do, libations too these days. Most true. of them. Yes. Yes. Most of them number. do. Or at least, at least the places that I'm going to be vacationing will have libations. Kind of a requirement. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not really sour libations, but you know, we'll, <laughs> that's a whole different can of worms to get into. And so I thought to myself, you know what? Screw the sport watch. All you really need for a vacation is one good water-resistant watch that you can go have as many libations as you want, and it doesn't matter if you fall down and crack your head open and destroy the watch, because it probably is only going to cost you 15 bucks anyway. So that's why, if I'm going on any vacation, you only need one watch, and it's got to be a sub-$15 watch. And so the perfect vacation watch is definitely the Casio F91W. You know? <laughs> nice and cheap. It can do anything, go anywhere, and you're not going to care about it after too many libations. Because why would you? And you don't need to be stressing on vacation anyway. So, there you go. There's my answer for you. We're we're going to see if you change your answer for the next episode at all. <laughs> <laughs> it may be included. You never know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. All right. So, so Buzzy expound on what uh what evan just uh talked about how many watches are you gonna bring one watch is the obvious answer um it, here are a couple of carve outs though here's a little little provision when you might want to consider more than one watch number one if you are going and staying with friends or family somewhere which we did kind of establish previously. I don't know whether you call that vacation or not. Uh, although I can definitely make the case for going and staying with friends somewhere as being vacation. But essentially, if you're you're staying someplace uh, that's not a hotel where you're not going to have the staff and people having access to your stuff, because that's that's the whole reason why you don't bring more than one watch on a, a normal vacation is uh, you leave your stuff in the room when you go and do fun things. So why would you keep, you know, even a modestly priced watch outside of your site, subject to the predations of others that might be in your room? I wouldn't. Yeah, one watch uh, is, is the way to go. But if you're staying with friends and family, maybe you'll bring more. Um, if you're going... Uh, and you're going to be visiting visiting uh, watch friends, right? I go east, 
I'm in the neighborhood of Brodinky HQ, I might be convinced to to bring multiple watches with me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's something that you really gotta really gotta figure out what if you want to do that. Um, but yeah, one watch, and to me, because um, you know Spangler kind of got into what watch to get. Uh, perfectly good way to go um it it will depend on the vacation but it's pretty hard to fault an inexpensive watch on on vacation um but outside of of what watch it is I, i think there's also a really good argument to be made for um something on rubber or an elastic strap, something like that. Um, Cause that, you know, if you're going camping, for example, you don't have to, you know, worry about scratching your bracelet up. If you've got like a field watch that you're wearing. Um, yeah. They, they're just so much more rough and tumble. If you have not a metal bracelet on them. So I would I would consider um, you know rubber strap, NATO elastic strap, something like that instead of a metal all, bracelet. All the things that if you're going to Europe are easy to cut. Well, that's <laughs> that's a completely different ball of wax. I mean, we're we are not talking about places where uh, pickpocketing is the national pastime instead of baseball, <laughs> or if it. Uh, constitutes a significant portion of gdp you know or if there's like you know the trade uh you know organizations on passing these secrets down from elder pickpocketer to young pickpocketer in that case um yeah go as cheap as you possibly can all right, so this is this is going to be a very interesting uh, bit of a left turn. So, I was recently on a business trip, so not a not a um, vacation, and I took two watches with me. That being said, I can see a situation where I could be doing this as a vacation and taking two watches as well, because we had some client appreciation events that involved golf. And I went and I took, you know, it was a driving trip. So I took the El Primero because I wanted to know how good a time I was making. And see, that's, that's where the whole road trip thing comes in. If you're driving somewhere, either, either as a road trip or to your destination, to me, I like having a chronograph because even though I always forget to stop it when I get there, I like to know that I could have been tracking the amount of time that I, that has gone by. <laughs> I always try to do that. Um, I also, as I was driving up with a coworker, we both agreed that, and you guys, I can probably almost guarantee the same thing. When you put your destination in Google maps and it tells you your estimated time of arrival, it's a contest. It's a race. That time. I am doing my best to make <laughs> that time drop. It tells me I'm going to be there at 1.15. Damn it, I'm going to make it in significantly <laughs> less time if I can, within reason. Um, it's a race. Yes. Mm-hmm. Consistent. Although, I, I do think that Waze has like adapted to knowing how much faster I drive 
because <laughs> it, its predictions are depressingly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, something that Google Maps hasn't done yet. It hasn't learned um, how quickly I drive. And if Rachel's in the back helping the kids with stuff, like with snacks or something, uh, and she's not paying attention to the speedometer. I don't go overly fast, but um, the concept of making up time in the air isn't just a thing for pilots. (laughs) (laughs) It can be done on land, just not in the air, on the ground. (laughs) So I think, I mean, I can see, and and I've done this before too, like if you're driving to a place, now, and the good thing there, I guess, is if you have, if you're driving, and this is kind of the, the caveat to my actual answer, which mean, it means you have access to a car, a car that is either in your possession the entire time and you could conceal a second watch or a, 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 any other number of watches out of sight. So your nondescript you know, car that doesn't look like it has anything that's within li- line of sight of your hotel room potentially, that's really where – when I wasn't in the hotel room over the trip, that was where I kept the watch that I had. So I was very adamant about that. Or in this case, since I brought two, if I wanted to, I had a watch roll with me. Um, I just get really nervous about it falling out of a golf bag, but I could see another scenario where if it wasn't golf or something like that, you could keep it on your person, keep it with you at all times. That's that's a different story, which is why I think when you're driving to a, to a location, it's different than if you're flying. So mm-hmm. I could see bringing multiple watches on a road trip, on a, pl- on a place where I'm driving to because I've got a car that is in my possession that I have control over, which is different than a hotel room. So that's the caveat. That's kind of where my thinking is on this. That being said, I am kind of also with you guys. I agree that like I'm going on a trip next week. I am taking one watch. Now, it's my son's first trip to this location, so I'm bringing his watch. Um, and it's, an, it's a safe enough location that I don't feel weird wearing that watch to said location. So I'm, not, I'm clearly not going to Europe. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I, I kind of I'm, – I'm with you guys. It's like it's one watch. Just, just wear it every day. And to me, as a, as a nerd, as a watch nerd – I do – we've talked about this on the show. We've talked about this with other guests who have significantly larger collections than I do. There are times where I struggle on which watch I'm going to wear on a daily basis. You know, oh, when did I wear it last? What day is it? You know, Oh, what Instagram day? I'm, I'm kind of getting away from that to a degree. Like oh, I'm not going to really wear it. I'm just going to wear what I want to wear. But it, I feel weird kind of like Sam, like if I haven't worn a watch recently enough. Especially if it has a date and you're like, ooh, this thing died two and a half weeks ago. I got to really crank that date. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't worn worn you in a really long time. Um, But to me, that that whole idea of wearing one watch on vacation does kind of – it is kind of a vacation from being a watch nerd in a way, if you will. Like you are – you've got your one watch with you and that's it. Like that's the one. It's almost like – we all kind of joke about, oh, what would be your one watch collection? Um, this is kind of a way to, I don't want to say figure that out, but like just take a watch you have and just go with it and be like, I'm just going to rock this for the entire time I'm gone. Again, there is one minor exception to that. 
as we've talked about. So for me, I can see myself flying somewhere to go on a golf trip very easily. And we've, we've talked about this in the past. Uh, I swing the golf club really, really hard. And if I wear any type of metal watch, I get severe tennis elbow, <laughs> like, <laughs> like pretty quickly. So the only watch I've ever been able to golf in is my Casio. It's nice and lightweight. So just like I did this past week, I took two watches because I knew I was golfing. One of them was the Casio. So if I'm going on a golf trip, even if I'm flying, even like I'm taking the cat because I can throw the Casio in my golf bag the entire time and not really worry about it. And again, like Spangler talked about, he's taking a cheaper one. You know, I'm taking a hundred dollar Casio with me as well as whatever watch is never going to leave my wrist. Um, except when I'm golfing and is going to stay on my person while I'm golfing. So I can see if you're a person who goes to the gym, like even when you're on vacation religiously, that is not me. Um, so I'm not taking the Casio with me when I go on my trip next week. <laughs> um, it's only a golf trip watch for me, but I, I could see, I could, if you're going to tell me I'm going to bring two and one of them's a, a watch to work out in or to golf in or something like that. I get that. But for me, I'm kind of with you guys. It's one. It's one watch. Why not? Just take the one. Plus, you could get out of your two-watch conundrum by getting either that uh, one composite uh, Breitling uh, or that like yeah. $60,000 flyweight Aquaterra. Yeah, I could. Yep. The one that Rory helped develop? Yeah, that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I could do that. That's a really cool watch too. Like it is when you think about all the tech they put into it, they they made a titanium movement. That's insane. That's so cool. Um, yeah, it's insanely expensive. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 insane is a proper adjective for many attributes of said watch. Specifically, specifically all the monetary ones. But oh yes, is it cool? Oh, yes, very got the little pop-out crown like how cool is that you press it and it comes like that's nuts i don't know that i've actually seen him have i have i seen him wear it though i don't know if i've seen him wear it i'm sure he did a year or two ago when it came out yeah i don't know i don't know i don't watch enough golf frisbee golf but not uh not ball golf they televise that uh they put it on youtube (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also, uh, NBC Sports had broadcast it last year because there was nothing else to watch. That is very fair. No, yeah. we had, we had polo on briefly last weekend yeah. because it was on CBS. And how often do you see polo on TV? Okay, like um, top tip: <laughs> uh, if you're anywhere that has a polo club close by, uh, going to watch polo is very fun. Uh, when we used to vacation to Sarasota quite a bit uh, because we've got the soul of uh, 80 year olds and they have a uh, polo club near there. Phenomenal. Number one, uh, you just drive up and park your car right at the sideline. You could have a ridiculous tailgate and some of the, some of the real polo heads down there. Uh, definitely did this. It was uh, almost not quite like the Grove at Ole Miss level tailgating, but uh, aspiring uh, to that that level of excellence. Um, 
<laughs> but okay, so that's fun. I mean, drinking and eating food out of the back of your car—that's pretty cool. It's an American pastime. Sure, sure is. Kind of a thing we do. The game. Yeah. You can't see anything because you're at the same level as these horses and and the dudes riding them. But boy, God, it's fast. It's loud. The ground shakes when those guys run by. Very cool. Uh, and it's, it's so, it's just such a ridiculous concept that uh, the ability to, <laughs> to go there and drink it in is, is really, really fun. I mean, everybody's seen football, baseball, soccer. These are normal, normal things, basketball. But people riding around horses, whacking shit with mallets, that's cool. That's different. So my only disappointment in this, my only disappointment in polo, I want to see a polo goalie. I want someone (laughs) to put pads on the horse and on the guy on the horse, and I want them to try to stop it. Like, I I know this is a terrible idea because there's going to be some crashes, and that's very dangerous. Let me see a polo goalie. Let's put some, cause like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's significantly harder than I'm making it sound, but like I saw like five goals in the three minutes that I watched, watched I was like, come on guys. Like, isn't anybody going to try to stop them? <laughs> okay. So yeah, scoring the most uh, fun and interesting part of any sport. This guy wants to see less of it. No, I want to see somebody attempt. I want to see somebody attempt to stop it. Is anybody going to say that playoff hockey is boring? Anyone here going to say that? They got goalies. Just saying, playoff hockey is amazing. Um, And actually, there's a transition there. Uh, We talked about all the sports, and we talked about tailgating. Well, didn't talk all all of them. We talked about a lot of sports here. No, we talked about how. Before we transition to that, the actual thing that Polo needs to to get up to the next level is for Jason Derulo to do a version of his riding solo song, but playing Polo. Talk about P-O-L-O. That's what we need, not goalies. Jason Uh, Derulo. Okay. All right. Um, But I transitioned briefly to hockey, and hockey is – Big, even bigger north of the border, obviously. And the funny thing is, uh, Buzz, you know this person. I'm not going to name her on 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 the show, but my favorite thing was we have a fr- uh, we have a mutual friend from Canada. Yeah, and um, we took her to a Notre Dame football game a few years ago, and we threw a pretty lame tailgate because we were hanging out with our at our friend's house, and it was it was cold and kind of rainy, kind of not like just not good whether to be outside and we had people watching the little ones. So like there were kids involved that weren't going to the game and you had to arrange that. Anyway, it's kind of a mess, but we threw like a very low key kind of lame tailgate. Um, tailgating is not a thing in Canada. Huh? I learned. So she was like, this is amazing. I was like, it's like, it's like, dude, we're just drinking in a parking lot. Like this isn't like, <laughs> this isn't even a good tailgate. Like we're just hanging out. We've got a table. We might've been playing some beer pong. Like, this isn't even that good of a tailgate. She's like, this is awesome. I was like, do you guys not? She's, it's too cold. It's just way too cold all the time. Like, and it might also be borderline illegal in like for certain things. I, think, I would think like for Canadian football, they'd be doing it too. But apparently it's just, and I, I could be wrong. Maybe she didn't know, 
But like she thought it was the coolest thing to stand around a car and have beer. And I'm like, isn't this just like drinking in your driveway? But like before at a sporting event, like <laughs> I drink out in my driveway all the time and I'm near my car. Like I don't have the tailgate. Open. Like sometimes if we're getting stuff out of it, I do. There's <laughs> like, if, if this novel concept. If they don't tailgate for CFL games, that really takes it down a notch in my book. I I like watching CFL in the summer, you know, watch the Argonauts or the Red Blacks, you know, take take to the field and their their silly bonkers version of football. But man, no tailgate. <laughs> yard line. Yep. <laughs> don't they have massive goalposts end- in the middle of the end zone too? Yeah, they're massive end zones with goalposts in the middle of them. Don't run into um, them. <laughs> Yeah. If you do, sucks to suck. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um I mean, shoot, we, like they don't do it necessarily for Reds games, but like when I was when I lived in Milwaukee, people tailgated hardcore for Brewers games. Like probably mm-hmm. not quite as hardcore as they did for Packers games, because let's be real, there's 81 Brewers home games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like if you tailgated that hard as you did for Packers games for the Brewers, you'd you die. Let's be honest. Plus, it's, there's a lot of them. It's it's pretty hard to get get really uh, obliterated for you know a a one o five Tuesday afternoon start. You know, you'd be surprised. Well, Wisconsinites try pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Split your mind, dude. You can do anything, Buzz. Well, oh, I I, I know I, I have, but. Uh, <laughs> It's the consistency part that's the tough part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we took a little bit of a side note, but this actually kind of works pretty well for our next episode because we talked about how many watches you should bring, and you guys will see the episode we got coming next, uh, why it's interesting that we all agree that it's one, largely. So uh, stay tuned for next week's episode. We're going to continue our vacation theme Mainly because we're going to record both of these now and release them a week apart because some of us are going to be out of town. So uh, <laughs> we took a week off. Uh, we're not taking a week off when we're actually taking a week off. So uh, we're going to keep you guys entertained. There'll be a little bit shorter episodes, but feel like you guys will be okay with that. You know, you don't have to listen to us drone on for an hour and 15 minutes. So this is always a good thing. Win-win. We're trying. We're trying to we're trying to <laughs> shape up a little bit. So uh that's uh the end of episode 68 stay tuned to see what we have coming up next week thanks everyone see ya thank you for listening to another episode of the whiskey and watches podcast if you like what you hear please take the time to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts we are enthusiasts not experts, so don't at us. But you can find us on Instagram at whiskey.and.watches.podcast. Also, visit our website at zeitzwatches.com. Zeitz is spelled Z-E-I-T-Z.